Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy Romance and Romantic Fantasy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. <laughs> and I'm noticing I've fully gone in for my teal face. This top is actually more green in real life, at least the way it's looking on the screen to me. It's looking quite um, teal, but uh, I went for my sort of Caribbean blue nails this time and I've got my Caribbean mug so clearly I'm in a mood. I'm a uh, longing for the Caribbean beaches this morning. Uh, today is Thursday June 17th um, and I don't have anything more to say about it than that. <laughs> ah, it's um yeah, I, I almost didn't podcast today because I thought, do I have anything to say? Um, and I, the only reason I am is partly just to maintain that uh, rhythm and also um, to, you know, always show the authenticity. Uh, I'm just uh, up against the wall with this book. This book. Um, it's. I know I keep saying this about it, but it's just being a really different book and I don't know how it's going to end. I did finish revising up through what I had and added a titch more, I mean a titch more to where I stopped before and I'm at this same place where I'm just, um, I'm not sure where this book is going. Ah. I was complaining about it to Dorinda yesterday and she said, well, she says, I don't know how you do this. Cause she said, if, if I were you, I would be panicking at this point. And I'm like, well, I think I'm, I am panicking. <laughs> this, this is what me panicking looks like. Um, I guess I'm not really panicking, but I am a little stressed about it. Uh, Dorinda and Emily are both reading it for me and may have thoughts on how it ends. Uh, it's just, um, <laughs> I know I also keep saying this, unlike any other book I've written before, it's just so much um, a part of what may end up being a sprawling epic and it's not what I expected. <clears throat> I mean, would it be fun if I had <laughs> like a massive series of just this couple of Nick and Gabriel. I mean, that's kind of how it feels like it's going, which is, I want to say not what I planned, but let's face it. I don't plan anything. That's not true. I was kind of, I was going to make this be a trilogy. I was really trying to be good. I wasn't going to Sorcerer's Moons at this time. Uh, and, I don't know, maybe it'll end up winding up in three, but I really wanted to be good about it. Do three and then move on. And I, I have another couple shaping up and, but I'm not ready to move on to them by any stretch. So we'll see. Um, always in motion is the future, right? Uh, <laughs> uh such as life, such as the creative life. These earrings today are also kind of um, 
they're more of a crystal blue. I, I guess because I'm in shadow, none of these colors are really coming out as as different as they all are. I mean, really, my nails do not match this top. This top is much greener than these nails. So who knows? And these earrings are, we're still in the bling section. Let's see if I can get them off of me. They're screw posts. Uh, some earrings of my grandmother's. A very nice crystal blue with a um, very sparkly. Very, very sparkly. I'm, they might be like real crystals, like Swarovski type crystals. So there's a post. And then dangling from the post is sort of um, like an inverted flower shape with a central square stone and then two um, pointed ovals, ovoids, with another, with a circular stone between them. So they they move, the, the flower part dangles, and the, the post is also very sparkly. They're very um, 50s looking, don't you guys think? I have a friend who can almost always identify era of jewelry. And uh, she's, it's kind of fun to hand her stuff and have her identify it. She used to have a, like a vintage and consignment store. And she got really good at that. So these take a little while to put on and take off. Let's see. But they are um, actually not uncomfortable with that screw post. It's not like those old-fashioned clamp earrings. I don't know. I almost never wear these too. And I think it's because if I'm going to wear bling, I always wear those other blingy things. Sometimes I think one solution to wearing earrings that you like or jewelry that you like that you don't ever wear is to build the outfit around the jewelry. And that's what I should do is like sometime look for, look for a dress to go with these earrings. So, um, yeah, I'm in a funny place right now because I do have things I need to take care of, businessy things. Uh, but, you know, like yesterday, we're, we're also doing board transition for Cephala, and that's taking up some time. We have the transition meeting this afternoon. We ended up moving stuff around yesterday because we had a couple of fires to put out. And we... I started thinking about the fires. Um, yeah, board transition. Oh, we were going to have the business meeting on Saturday. And so I had <laughs> noticed before when we said it that it was on Juneteenth and nobody else said anything. I guess I should have said something at that point. But anyway, it, I didn't because I thought, oh, well, does it really matter? And then uh, I pointed out that the business meeting is on Juneteenth. And I was like, you know, it's not really great for us to have the business meeting on Juneteenth. We should observe that. And so we moved it. And so now my Saturday is considerably more open. And, but yesterday I, you know, finished that revision and, you know, I put in my three hours of time and it's tempting to go into major crunch time to finish this book, but I'm wary of of cratering myself before <laughs> before I finish it. It already feels like a bit of a push to get there. So 
uh, yesterday afternoon, once I was done with the CEFWA meetings and stuff, I thought, okay, what can I do with myself? Because um, I just didn't feel like working on anything. I was mentally tired. And so we ended up going for a walk. David needed to do a couple of errands, so we walked around to the local shops. And, and that was nice. That was good decompress time. Talked to Grace on the phone last night because um, she wanted to tell me a funny thing. You know, traditional publishing is strange and getting stranger lately post-pandemic. Um, <laughs> and I, I'm trying to decide how I can phrase this. Like this conversation that we were having, they were basically telling her that they were considering, oh, I don't think I can talk about this. I don't think I can talk about this. Let me try to figure out how I can uh, back out. It's just that traditional publishing will tell us that some idea won't work, that you can't do this or that, that it's too cross-genre, that they can't move this kind of book or sell this kind of idea until, you know, now that self-publishing is so robust, then a self-publisher will go out there and sell this book like like i'm doing with dark wizard you know that i will that they will go out and and be very successful with this book and then um <laughs> and then traditional publishing comes back and says oh well you know what we really want is something like jeffy kennedy's dark wizard you know and and you feel like you're um you almost feel like you're being gaslit because you, you're like, um, a year ago you told me that kind of thing couldn't be moved. Oh, well. <laughs> you know, and I think it's because I think they're just chasing their own tails. Um, you know, they're driven by the bean counters. I'm sitting on my hair. And, yeah, they, they, um, they're, they're chasing the the phenomenons they're chasing the things that are doing well and i don't know it's um grace and i were both kind of shaking our heads over it you know and it's um i don't know i don't know what to think I think it, some of this is being fed by, and I, I never thought that I would be this person, but you know, the, the corporatizing of America in particular, which I think is also spreading out to the rest of the world. You know, we knew that this would happen when so many of the big bookstores got, uh, you know, turned into basically widget stores, big box stores. You know, so they keep telling us things like, well, at the, the big box stores, we can only sell um, Sweet Contemporary and Amish Romance and, or cowboy, and Cowboys. You know, like that's all we could sell at Walmart and that's all we care about. <laughs> and I understand why they want those Walmart sales. You know, it's, it's a matter of scale. It's you know, moving a certain number of books and because they don't pay attention to ebooks, they don't really care about the ebook sales. Um, they just keep chasing that paper market, which is dwindling. 
so I don't know. And it, I think it's further driven by the fact that self publishers, we still can't compete with trad on print. Um, the costs for us to produce a print book and then sell it, um, we can't, we can't print in bulk like they can. Um, and we end up paying so much per book that the profit margin is slim for us and we don't really have the same distribution. So most of us will do print books so that we have stuff to have at conferences and indie bookstores might carry our books, which is great. Thank you. Love you indies. Um, and for our loyal readers who want to read in print, but that's, that's really one of the compelling reasons to have a trad deal these days is to, um, <laughs> it's funny. I keep thinking I should turn this around so that you guys can see how beautiful the garden is behind me. Should we try it? We we'll take some redoing. Hello, Hummer. Oh. Yeah. Well, let's try it there. What do you think? I'm much more um, looking into the sun in this spot, but that's definitely a, a prettier view, isn't it? Then looking at the wall of the grape barber, I might start doing this from now on. I'm trying to decide, should I pull this up a little bit? There we go. Although let's see, look at that bun, the rising sun. There we go. All right. <laughs> Fussing with all of the things. So anyway, um, you know, it can just be perplexing sometimes. Oh, compelling reason to do a tread deal is if they'll put your book in print, you know, and that's like, yeah, okay, great. Cause then you get that print distribution, uh, reach different audiences. That's, that's the thing, this, um, dividing of the audiences. So I was talking in this forum that I'm part of that has, uh, these, it's mostly self-publishing authors. That's not true. A lot of the most active voices are these newbie self-publishing authors. And I was talking about dark wizard doing well with that featured deal. And one of the gals said, um, so I was giving the, and you know, I was just sort of sharing my experience and everything. And this one gal says, well, she said, you know, the real question is how did you get blurbs from these big names like Grace Straven? Uh, did your, your agent or your publisher get those for you? Which I thought was funny. And I, of course, immediately had to message Grace and, and sent her that note. I was like, I don't know. How did I get the fabulous Grace Draven to give me a blurb? And I was open. I said, to be fair, Grace is, is my bestie and she beta read it for me and she does whatever I tell her to. Although she's the one who called me a muggle bitch on Facebook. So, you know, let's be clear on who tells who to do what. Um, but I thought not only was I really amused by that, but the other part was, you know, the top quote is from Dorinda Jones, right? And so this gal went past Dorinda Jones. And then I think I have like three, one, I think, or maybe four. One's just like your Amazon reader to prove 
Tohi's having a, what's going on? Has opinions about um, the Amazon reader. Uh, and I think I put on um, Dana Martin's quote. And Dana is, is um, well, she's pretty much self-publisher now. But Dorinda's is the top quote. And I thought it was really interesting that this gal went past Dorinda and picked out Grace as the big name. And I pointed that out to Grace and Grace was like, I don't feel like a big name. Now I'm going to sneeze. Thank you. Gracious. And I said, well, you are, <laughs> you obviously are, but particularly within certain circles, you know, and that's, that's the part that's endlessly fascinating to me. And I don't know if it is to you guys. I know I bring it up a lot. But it's, um, yeah, you know, that these different reader segments recognize different names. You know, like within, within Sephwa, within the science fiction and fantasy hardcore community, like the awards-giving community, um, I, they've never heard of Sarah J. Moss. Um, a lot of these people, and they haven't heard of Ilona Andrews. And it's like, well, how how can you not have heard of these folks? And it's like, well, you know, that it's just like, it's a different segment of, of books. It's not the MFA circles of writing. It's the commercial fiction side. And I kind of feel like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what to do about that, you know, sort of thinking about what I want to accomplish in my two years as president. Uh, you know, I wish that we were all, I wish we were all more one community that there wasn't. And I don't think that there's anything creating the division. I just think it's being driven by certain energies and, you know, maybe getting some of those folks involved. You know, it's not like Sarah J Moss is really part of any community that I've been aware of she kind of keeps to herself but or she is it's not one that i'm part of i mean like maybe she's more in the ya segment segment but um you know it's like if somebody's associated with fantasy why are they not why are they not a huge part of our community right why why aren't we at least aware of them so thoughts thoughts for the day Seemed like I was going to tell you guys one other funny thing. Oh, I don't remember it now. I'm going to go get to work. Wish me luck. First cup of coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network. It catches the light. You'll find more podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye.